Let's, let's pray before we start this. So, Lord, we just thank you. Thank you for today. Thank you, Jesus, that you are on the throne, that, that you went to the cross, that you died, and you rose again. You're on the throne today. And we just thank you for that. And, Lord, I pray, as, as, as your, your heartbeat this morning was, you're going to break something this morning. And I pray, Lord, that you would break something even in this message, even in these testimonies, Lord, that you would break something in this room, that you would break the chains over people this morning, you would break the mindsets over people this morning. Lord, that you would free people through this, the miracle of the testimonies. And I ask this in your mighty name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. So most of you know me, right? So if you're in Tyrone, most of you know that I'm a hometown guy. Graduated Tyrone, 2000, played multiple sports, football, baseball. I was that normal jock, right? You know, if you've come to Friday Night Lights, you know, you, you, saw, you, you heard of me, my, my name, things like that. Tyrone's a football town. But, you know, I always lacked one thing, right? In high school, I didn't have Jesus, right? I didn't have Jesus in high school. And this, this testimony that I'm going to share with you, you're going to hear my stories, but what, if you leave here today, I want you to hear it's Jesus' story. My story is Jesus' story. So if, I'm going to share a few testimonies, share some things that happened in my life. But if you leave today and you're like, what was today about? It's about Jesus coming into someone's life who was lost and what God does. And he molds that person who was lost, broken, and he shapes him like a clay to exactly what the Lord wants. That's what I want you to remember today. Okay? And as you, like I said, hometown guy, Tyrone, beautiful wife, Tracy, beautiful kids. They're not here. They'll be at the second service. Carmela, Nicolina, Josiah, Valentino, and Vivi. Now, if you notice, I did say Josiah Valentino because I had three girls and they're all Italian names, so I said I got to get an Italian name in there, so I called him Josiah Valentino. Okay? So that's why I did that. Yeah. You know, you also, the thing that, that really, that I want you guys to really think about also is that this is, today is a day where we celebrate Jesus, and Jesus is, is the, on the throne, and today, he's the reason that I'm here. He's the reason I'm here. So, again, today is a day of miracles, miracles of testimonies, and I'm going to share some testimonies with you, and let's just get started. So in our house, we have what we call family God time, okay? And in the family God time, we get together and we pray with our kids. I believe as a godly father, we want to raise our kids up in the Lord. So we, we don't just preach it, we, use it we, we actually lead by example. So we pray with our kids, we worship, we put worship music on, and we worship with our kids. And about a year and a half ago, we were having family, family God time in, in, our, in our girls' room. And we were praying, and, and, and I said to the girls, I said, I, you know, God speaks. God speaks to us. Let's ask God what he thinks about us today. So we were, if you can picture, we were all there holding hands, and, and, and I would close my eyes and say, Lord, what do you like about Carmela? And then all of us would get what God felt like God was saying about each one of our kids right? 
And Tracy would, and I would feel like God said something, and, and we would say, hey, Mella, you know, God says that you're beautiful, and, and God says this. And, and we went around, and we did that for everybody in our house, right? And our kids were just memorized. It's like they, they couldn't believe that God is real, right? Because one thing we do in our house, I think we do well, because my beautiful wife, is that God, we try to show our kids that God's not this far off God. God's this God that's here today that wants to interact with us today. He, he, he's like the wind. You, know, you might not be able to see him. You might not be able to feel him, but he's here. And, and so we, we really, we spend time in that, you know, in that God time. And after we were done, Nicolina, who's my second youngest, that time she was seven, she came up to me and she said, Daddy, Daddy, I want to hear God's voice. And it was the most purest, innocent thing I almost ever seen in my life. Just the, the, the aweness of God. I believe in God, and I want to hear his voice. And I said, baby, I said, absolutely. So we, we sat on, we, we walked over and we sat on her bed, and, and I said, okay. I said, baby, God speaks. He wants to speak to you. Are you ready? Right? Because my faith was like, yeah, this is what I wanted. This, I can't wait for this. This is like a God moment with my kids. Like, because I know this. Once I'm gone, riches, wealth, my knowledge, my understanding, that's not going to do a lick. But I know if my kids can connect to Jesus, that's the most important thing because they'll get up through anything. So at this moment, yeah. So in this moment, I said, okay, baby. I said, let's, let's pray. Repeat after me, Nicolina. Lord, what do you like about me? She opened her eyes. She goes, I said, okay. I said, all right. Come on, Lord. Lord, we're asked again. You ready? God speaks to you. He just spoke to us. I'm trying to build her faith. God's alive. He's real. Lord, what do you like about me? Go ahead and say it. Go ahead. Did you hear anything? No. And I'm like, oh, Lord. I was like, you, this is what you want, Lord. This is what you want. And I'm praying. I said, okay, Lord, don't let me down. Lord, don't let me down. Lord, this is your shot. Lord, if she doesn't walk with you, it's up to you, right, Lord? And, I, and I'm praying. And I said, okay, I'm going to change up the verbiage a little bit. And I'm going to say, okay, Lord, you got to show up. And I'm asking. I said, okay, we're going to say, Lord, what do you like about me? Go ahead, Nika. You can repeat that. Lord, what do you like love about me? She opens her eyes. She goes, nothing. I'm like, man. Meanwhile, Tracy's trying to put the kids to bed. Jay's DDT and Vivi, it's going crazy. I said, okay, tomorrow, Nika, we will hear God's voice. God's going to speak to you, and he might speak to you tonight. And she goes, Daddy, Daddy. She goes, I didn't hear God's voice. But when I asked him if he loved me, I felt this warm thing in my heart and this warm thing on my chest. And at that moment... I realized, because I used to c- communicate with people, I said, you know, you're going to hear God's voice. God speaks to you. At that moment, I felt like the Lord said to me, it's not when I speak, but it's when I communicate. And it's not about when hearing God's voice. It's about receiving what God's communicating to you. And in that moment, the Lord whispered in my ear, and he said, that was me letting her know that I'm there, and I hugged her through my Holy Spirit. And I shared that with her, and that moment... She, that's when I think she first believed, right? Today's is, 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 is message is miracles, right? Miracles of testimonies. Now, I can share all my testimonies up here, 
But at the end of the day, you're going to have miracles. And you have had miracles. And a lot of times you might not recognize them, but I hope through today you're going to see that God's alive and he is working in your life. See, in, in Ephesians it said this. It said, even while we were sinners, he saved us and loved us. Right, So you might not be aware of Jesus, you might not be aware that he's alive and working in your life, but he is. And hopefully through today you'll see that. Now, we're going to continue on these testimonies, but we want to share some scripture to kind of put in context my next, my next few testimonies. So if I'm going to jump into Genesis chapter 37, 5 through 11. It says this, Then Joseph had a dream. When he told it to his brothers, they hated him. Even more, he said to them, listen to this dream I had. There we were binding sheaves of grain in the field. Suddenly my sheaf stood up and your sheaves gathered around it and bowed down to my sheaves. Are you really going to reign over us? His brothers asked them, are you really going to rule over us? So they hated him even more of his dreams and what he had said. Verse nine, then he had another dream. And told it to his brothers, look, he said, I had another dream. And this time the sun, moon, and 11 stars were bowing down to me. He told his father and brothers, but his father rebuked him. See, a lot of times God speaks to you and your own family and your own friends around you will never understand. But God will still communicate to you. He says, are your mother and brother's eyes going to bow down to the ground before you? His brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the matter in mind. Also, I want to share Daniel 2, verse 19. It says, the mystery was revealed in Daniel in a vision at night, and Daniel praised the God of heaven and declared. See, God spoke to Joseph and Daniel. See, if you know the rest of the story of Joseph, it says that there was a famine that entered the land. And they actually, Joseph's brothers, his dad sent his brothers to go get food. See, Joseph's brother was so upset by the dream that God gave him that they were jealous. They threw him in a pit and then they end up selling him, right? Imagine that, the pain that Joseph went, the bruises and the, and the emotional pains. See, and Daniel, if you remember Daniel, Daniel, there, there was a king named, named Nebuchadnezzar. And he had a bad dream, and it, and it scared him. It said it frightened his soul. So he said, go get all the sorcerers, all the wise men. I need someone to interpret this dream. And they would bring all these wise men and all these guys that would come and try to interpret his dreams. And if they would interpret the wrong way, he would kill them. So they knew that Daniel was a wise man. It said in, in, in Daniel that Daniel was ten times wiser than anybody in the land. And Nebuchadnezzar heard of him and said, go get him. I want this guy. But what happened was... Daniel knew that if he would give a wrong report to the, the king, he would die. So God spoke to Joseph and Daniel through dreams and visions. It said in Daniel, night visions. Some people interpret it as dreams. So for me, God speaks to me through dreams. And I remember about six or seven years ago, I had a dream. At that time, Keith and I were, Pastor Keith and I were playing basketball together. The Lord started speaking about going to a different church, right? I used to go to a different church, and I, I love my, my people. I love the church, and it was, and, I, and any major decision in my life, I need the Lord's advice. 
Proverbs says this, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean on your own understanding, and in all your ways acknowledge him, and he'll direct your path. Some, some scriptures say he'll direct your step. So when I, when I had the experience with Jesus in 19, Jesus became Lord of my life at 21. Any major decision, whether it's church, whether it's with a wife, whether it's with a career, whether it's with friends or relationships and how I teach my kids, Lord, how do you want me to do this? Lord, when do you want me to do this? So I had a dream. And in the dream, Pastor Keith was in this dream, and I was pushing this cart up a hill, and there was these two guys that were really aggressive, they looked really rough, and they were pointing fingers at us. And he would, and when, and when we pushed it up, I pointed my finger back at them, and they changed, and they were all happy. Four or five days later, Pastor Keith calls me and says, hey, Nate, he's like, I'm going to hand out some flyers. And, I, and there's two guys in the neighborhood that are giving me a hard time. Would you come with me? And I knew in that moment that God wanted me to go with Pastor Keith. That was about four or five weeks out from the carnival. A week and a half before the carnival, this was probably about six years ago, in the middle of the night, I heard, Nate. I woke up. No one's there. I thought Trace. I thought one of the kids were up. Went back to bed. A little bit later, I heard, Nate. I was like, okay, I'm going back to bed. Didn't hear anything, right? But if you remember in the Bible, if you remember Samuel, God did the same thing to Samuel. And I remember, I was like, what if that's the Lord, right? Like, I'm the type of Christian or believer that like, Lord, you got to hit me in the face. Like five times. Like, it just can't be like, mm, no, that's not, that's God, that's not God. Okay, you know, uh, I'm going to turn the leaf over. Okay, if this is wet, Lord, mm, okay, I'm going to turn it over again if this is wet again. Lord, I, if my shoes are wet, Lord, I'm good. Like, that's me. I'm, I need a lot of clear communication from the Lord. So, help with the carnival that year. And I'm, I remember I was, we were carrying the gifts over. If you guys are familiar with the carnival, we, at the end we, get, we hand out a bunch of gifts to everybody in the community. I was handing out gifts, and I, heard, and I thought someone on the speaker said, Nate. And I looked up. I thought, what? Didn't hear anything. Walk, kept walking, and I heard, Nate. And I heard the Lord say, I'm calling you here. And at that moment, the Lord communicated to me very clearly that I needed to transition into a different church. Again, it's, you know, church is, is, is it's sometimes it's, it's tough. Well, I want to go part of this church. I want to go to this church. Or, or I, my wife wants to go to this church, but I want to go to the church. But me and my house, we want to go to the church where the Lord wants us. No matter if, if I like his preaching, no matter if I like Brent, not for real. Like, listen, your preaching's good, though. Your preaching's good. I love it. I love it. You know I love it. But in all seriousness, I know no matter what, if there's any church dysfunction in the church, if, if maybe I think Pastor Keith should preach a certain message, or I don't like how he preached, or I know these people are starting to come to church, I don't know if I fit with these people, at the end of the day, I'm here because the Lord wants me here, and I'm going to worship, and I'm not going to leave until the Lord tells me to leave, not about my emotions, and it's very clear on that. <clears throat> also, <clears throat> like I said, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, right? I love when you said that up here, because that's the truth. If he spoke to Daniel and he spoke to Joshua, 
He spoke to Joseph. He spoke to Elijah, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. He spoke to everybody. He speaks today, right? It doesn't make a difference if you're a seven-year-old and you feel warmth in your heart. God's communicating. If you're 45 and you went through a divorce and you're working through some struggles, God's still going to speak to you. It's like when I have kids. Like if Mella comes up to me and she says, Daddy, can I have a dollar? And, my, and Josiah comes up to me and says, Daddy, I have a dollar. Of course. My kids are my kids. There is no respecter of my kids. God is not a respecter of persons. So when you're up here and you're, when I'm up here and you're listening to me and you think, well, Nate, you're lucky. You're one of the fortunate ones. You're one of those church guys that you had an experience with. God's not a respecter. We're all God's children. You're his daughter just as I'm his son, and I'm his son just as you're his son. And remember that. My testimony is going to be a lot different than your testimonies, but you still have a testimony in Jesus. So, again, when I was 21, Jesus became Lord of my life. And I remember that I used to hang around some great godly people that mentored me and taught me the ropes of this is what Scripture is, this is, this is what, how to pray, this is how to, how to engage with the Lord, this is how to receive what God's saying. And they all had wives, and they had kids. So imagine being 21, 22, 23 years old, where I was the only single one, and these guys had wives and, and kids, and, and I'm like, well, where's my, where's my wife at, right? But I would go home and spend time with Jesus, right? I would go home and read the Word. That's where my, my growth has, has happened. And I remember I used to pray all the time, Lord, every single day I used to pray for my wife. I said, Lord, I pray that my wife, you would bring her quickly. And, and, and I pray, Lord, that, and, and, and the Bible says this. It says, you delight yourself in the Lord, he'll give you the desires of your heart. So when I'm, I'm brand new, I'm brand fresh and, and, and believing in Jesus, I said, Lord, I delight in you. You're going to give me the desires of my heart. I pray for my wife. And then I would pray this way. Lord, I pray that she looked like this. I pray, God, that she has a butt like this. I pray, Lord, that, that her smile's like this. And, Lord, just, just bring me Jennifer Lopez. That's what I want. I delight in you. Bring me the desires of my heart. That's, I believe it. I'll put it on my mirror. I'll put it on my car dash. Bring me the desires of my heart. I want my wife. This is what my wife. But you know, then I had a, had a pastor come to me one time, and he said this. He said, we were in a leadership meeting at church, and, and the, the, the guy, all the guys around me, they knew what I was praying because I believed it. You could not, not make me believe that. I delight in the Lord. He's going to bring me the desires of my heart. This is exactly what I want in a wife. I chose purity. I chose purity. I chose to stay pure. And Lord, I, I pray that you bring me this, this wife. He said to me, so I said, shared to him, I said, this is what I'm looking for in a wife. This, this, and this. And this is what he said to me. He said, Nate, he said, won't you stop asking God what you want and ask God to change your heart for what he wants to bring you? And I said, that's good. That's good. I'll start doing it. So every night for years, years among years, and all, everybody else had a family and everybody else. I could have been lonely, but I had Jesus. Every, for years, I would pray every single night, Lord, I pray that you would bring the wife that you have for me, and I pray my heart would be open, and Lord, you know me. I pray I wouldn't miss her, right? <laughs> pray I wouldn't miss her. So 2008, January 30th, never forget. So I journal. So I have my Bible here, but I have like journals galore. And I journal when I, when I have God time. I'll journal and, and just write down scriptures that I'm, that I'm reading or what I feel like God's saying about a situation. Or, you know, I just kind of capture those things. And, and at that time, I was reading the book of Daniel and, and, and Joseph. And, 
and really believed that God would speak to me through dreams. So 2008, January 30th, I had this dream. And in this dream, I was walking with this guy who was really dark. And he had a lot of tattoos. And in the dream, I was walking with him. And then I left him, and I started walking with this girl. And we started walking up these steps. And it was the most peaceful dream I've ever had. Almost like an experience where, where I wasn't awake, but I was awake because I, I could feel the dream, if that makes sense. And it was just, it was angelic. It was heavenly. It was just like pure peace. And then when I, in the dream, the girl, her name was Marcy Behrens. I'm not sure if you're familiar with her, but she graduated a year ahead of me. She was actually on TV and all that fun stuff. And, and I kind of just took that dream and put it on the shelf. I'm like, well, maybe, maybe that, I'm not sure if that's God. I'm not sure what it is. Maybe I had a dream. Maybe I ate pizza. I don't know. But I put it on the shelf. Come June or July, God starts speaking to Tracy to come to Tyrone, be a part of a couple ministries. I had no idea. June and July, around that time, I started taking this guy to church. We used to go to church and stay college. I started taking him to church. He had all these tattoos on. He was dark, going through some dark things in life. Good buddy of mine. We were at church. Started talking to Tracy. We were leaving. Ended up on the way home. Never forget this day. We were in a McDonald's drive-thru. And I just out of just out of giggles, I said, Hey, what do you think about Tracy Gibbs? Gibbs is her maiden name. Verla is her, her real name now, right? <laughs> Don't forget that. And um, <laughs> I love you. So I said to her. <laughs> Love you. That's no, that's no, you know, I love you. Um, but you're a Varilla now. And um, the, uh, so I said to him, just for giggles, I said, hey, what do you think about that Tracy Gibbs? And this is what he said to me. And he looked at me. He was so serious. He said, Nate, that's everything you're looking for. She loves Jesus. She has a good personality. She hangs out and, and gets along with your friends. Again, he says, that's everything you're looking for. And, I'm, and, and I instantly, the Lord brought that, into, that dream into my mind. And I'm like, ah, what if? I don't know. Like, I just don't know. Right? Fast forward, September 16th, September 16th 2008. Right? She, she moves out here, gets interviews on a Friday, gets a job on a Monday. Right? Family food consumer science teacher. Right? God opened it up really wide. Her students are my athletes because I used to coach football for 12 years, right? Junior high and high school. So her kids were my kids. So September 16th was a Friday night. Never forget this night. We're sitting, we're, we're Friday night football. Guys are warming up. And one of her students is actually Russ, uh, Wes, if you remember Wes. He starts talking to me about Tracy, right? Now, it's a no no to interact with kids that talk about personal life. So I just blew him off. He said, hey, you know that Tracy, Tracy Gibbs? I said, ah, yeah. And I just blew him off. And then he pressed me again. He said, you know, he says, did you ever meet that Tracy Gibbs? And meanwhile, I know she's going to the same church. I said, yeah, I, I know of her. Know of her. And I shut it down. He says, you should get to know her. <laughs> right? <clears throat> I said, well, what do you mean? He says, and I'll never forget this night watching guys, guys warm up. He's, sit, he's sitting here. He has crutches because he was hurt. And I'm standing here. We're talking, right? I'm just, like, listening. 
he says to me, he says, you should really get to know her. She's a great personality. You guys will get along great. And you know what? She reminds me just like my cousin, Marcy Barons. And in that moment, I stepped back and I realized out of 7 billion people, the Lord handpicked her for me through that dream. Now again, now again, you're hearing my stories, but these are Jesus' stories. Because I had experience with Jesus when I was 19, right? God gave me a dream, which church to be at. Without a shadow of a doubt, I know which church to be at. Without a shadow of a doubt, the Lord gave me a dream, I know which wife the Lord handpicked. But I didn't share with you how I got to all that, right? See, Jesus came into my life when I was 19. Now remember, I was raised an athlete, popular some, you know, people would say, I guess, I don't know what that even means anymore, now that I'm older, <laughs> right? Had it good, right? I was raised, I wasn't raised in the church, didn't know Jesus. My dad used to say this. This is the closest thing I had to Jesus. My dad would say this. He would say, Nate, you better, because my dad was, was raised Catholic but didn't go to a Catholic church. He said, you better get baptized or you're going to hell. And that's the closest Jesus message I ever received. See, a lot of people don't know this, how I was raised and what I was raised around. See, my grandfather was a mafia boss. He wasn't an associate. He was a made man. See, my dad's godfather was Kelly Manorino, who's the Pittsburgh underboss crime family. My pap worked for the five bosses in New York. We had connections in Florida, Las Vegas. My dad used to work. My grandfather used to work for the president of Cuba, right? All in the underworld. It wasn't just a made-up thing where we would say, hey, this is, we know people. It was the real deal. When I was little, guys in limousines would come up to my house. They would come out, and they would have guys with machine guns, right? There used to be a helicopter fly over the house. It was the FBI. Real stuff, right? But here's the, here's the deal. On that, just want to touch base on this. See, a lot of people in the world think that's cool. But what didn't happen is... My grandfather ended up going to prison. But what he didn't realize is that je- when he made that decision to join the mafia, it had a generational curse in my life that I had to break and overcome through the power of Jesus, right? And still to this day, amen, amen. Still to this day, I still, there's things that try to visit me because of that spiritual darkness. See, there's no, di- see, see my, my family had gifts. You can either use it for the kingdom of darkness or you can use it for the kingdom of light. For me, my house will serve the Lord. And for my generations will be blessed, generations, generations, not because of myself, but because of Jesus. Because through, by faith, through, through grace, I've been saved. By grace, through faith, I've been saved because of Jesus. So I, always, I was always bent towards that, right? I always had that, like, that bad, bad, bad guy kind of mentality, right? When I was little... I wanted to grow up and I wanted to help people. But when I hit junior high, I wanted to own nightclubs and I wanted to own bars and I wanted to own restaurants, right? Because that's what I thought I wanted to do. So my high school years ended up playing sports. When I was 19, graduated, I lost purpose. Didn't know what I wanted to do. 
started hanging around guys that were 16, 17 years old, driving brand-new Lexuses, brand-new motorcycles, had money all the time, hang around the most beautiful girls, right? These guys weren't drug dealers. These guys were real high drug dealers, right? Right here in our backyard, not in, not in Tyrone, but in our backyard. So March 17th, 2001, it was a Friday night, St. Patrick's Day. Never forget this day. It was the day that Jesus came into my life. We were driving around. We are driving around Altoona, and we were actually picking up drugs around all the houses, right? Now, this was organized. It wasn't like, hey, let's go get drugs at the corner, right? We were dr- had two drivers. We had a guy in the back with a backpack. We'd go, get the addresses, knock on the door. People would come out, give us drugs, right? Prescription drugs, other drugs, right? And pay them and come out, right? It was all set up. Between 9.30 and 10.30 that night, so let me rewind. I was a good kid. I was wild, liked to have fun, but in my heart I was a good kid. Good kid makes bad decisions, right? You can raise it, you can be the, the best parents that love Jesus, that, that, that have good kids that make bad decisions, right? This was my night. I was about to make a real bad decision. Between 9.30 and 10.30, I was on five different drugs within an hour. And we were driving around. And again, I hated drugs. Hated drugs. I never considered myself a druggie. Never even considered myself someone who liked drugs. Hated drugs. Couldn't even smoke a cigarette. I'd get sick, right? I was on five different drugs within an hour. And I remember my body going in and out. My body going in and out. And I remember going out, and when I woke, I woke up in hell. And how to describe this, I was trying to even prepare for this message and try to put words in to describe it, but I couldn't describe how that feeling felt. You felt fear, and you felt being scared. It wasn't even close. See, we talk about the devil in church, but see, there's the devil, his name is Lucifer, and he was right there. And he was talking to me. And then I saw my life. I saw a, vision, I saw a, a screen right in front of my life from when I was 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, all my sports. It was just like going right in front of me. Right in front of me. I saw my life. And then I saw me, myself hovering over my funeral. And I saw my casket. And I saw all my family crying around me. And I was, I, I felt like I, I, I crossed over. I crossed over into, into eternity. Because there is eternity. And I was scared out of my mind. And I never forget this day as long as I live. March 17th, 2001, was a Friday night between the hours of 10.30 and 11.30. I closed my eyes and I said, Jesus! And I came back to life. Not only did I come back to life, my mind was so clear, I can describe it as this. When you work out, and when you work out, you get that, like, you're alert and you're alive. That's how alert and alive I was. See, now knowing who I know, who's Jesus, and knowing Scripture, the Bible says this, if you call upon the name of the Lord, you shall be saved. I didn't know any Scripture, right? If Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, if you call upon the name of the Lord, you shall be saved, it doesn't make a difference if you know anything, any Scripture, you just, name, you just you call out to Jesus, and that's what I did. 
I said, Jesus. I said, guys, I got to get out. They said, you can't get out. I said, get, get me out of the car. They bear hugged me. They wouldn't let me out of the car. We started wrestling and fighting. The other guy got out there bear hugging me. I said, I'm done. I was scared to hell because hell's real. And the decisions that we make can get us in hell. So I said, Lord, I need you. I pushed them away after we were wrestling, fighting, started walking. We were now, I was walking out to 7th Ave. And I, and I got blurry again. It was all blurry. I couldn't see. Things were blurring in and out. And I looked up in the sky. I'll never forget this. And there were stars. And I said this. Again, I don't know anything about Jesus. I don't know anything about Jesus. I looked up in the sky and I said, Jesus! Scared out of my mind. Lost. I was a popular kid. It shouldn't happen to me. My family loves me. It shouldn't happen to me. I shouldn't die. I made a bad decision. See, I realized that that Jesus is our Savior. That's why he came to the cross. Lost, broken, about to die, car accident. That's when Jesus shines. Jesus said he didn't come for the good. I came for the lost. I came for the broken. I came for the, the one that needs saved. Right? I looked up in the sky and I said, Jesus, if you save me, I'll do anything for you. Lord, I'll live for you. And whoop, instantly sober again. Knew where I was, know what I had to do. And from that moment, my life has never been, been the same. See, when we sing Amazing Grace, I get so choked up because it's so true. When you have experience with Jesus, Amazing Grace, how sweet it is. See, I, I didn't have any scripture to say. I didn't have any. My mom went to church. My dad went to church. We didn't. Some of my friends didn't go to church. I didn't even know. I just knew how to play sports. I thought that's what life was about. I didn't know, have any, I didn't know any of that. But Jesus, you came to save us. From that point forward, I'd never been the same. See, when I was 19, I had that experience. When I was 21, from 19 to 21, I lived in the world. I lived in the world. I still would have a girlfriend. I would do what I want. I'd go to church when I want. And over here, I had this hunger for Jesus like no other. And I was in the world. And the revelation, in Revelation, the Bible says, if you are lukewarm, I'll spit you out. Be on fire for me, right? And when I was 21, I said, Lord, you are my Lord. Where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do, Lord? Every day, Lord, what do you want me to do? Where do you want me to work? What church do you want me to go to? Lord, where do you want me to read today? Lord, where do you, where do you want to communicate to me in your scripture? See, to me, prayer is just talking to God. We, in the church world, we use prayer, but really it's just communicating to God. God, how, what do you want to tell you, say today? Lord, hey, what do you think about that Super Bowl? Right? Let's get to that. Like, I'm at that point where, like, Lord, what do you think about, as Pastor Keith says, what do you think about this outfit? Right? What do you think about my J's? Right? Like, God is that real. God is not this far-off God where he's out past Mars. Like, Jesus said when his disciples came to him, he said, hey, Lord, where are you going? He said, hey, listen, I got to go. So I can send a helper, the Holy Spirit, who will communicate with you, but it's me. So when the Holy Spirit comes. So I'm going to encourage you today that Jesus is the reason. Jesus says this, that I've come so you may have life and have it abundantly. And the first part of that verse says, 
the devil has come to steal, kill, and destroy. See, there's a real devil out there. His name's Lucifer, right? He's real, right? And today's not a, a, a testimony of what Nate Varilla ha, has done. It's what Jesus has done in my life. Because my life at the end of the day is Jesus' life. And I'm, am I perfect? No, I'm not perfect, right? Do I love Jesus and I, and I have a hunger for Jesus and I want to spend time with Jesus every day? Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's three testimonies I've shared, but I have a boatload of those. My business, I have a boatload of stories about how God leads me in my business. I have a boatload of stories how God leads my family. See, when Jesus is Lord of your life and you allow him to come in, he'll take your life. He'll, I don't want to say make something of it because you're a, you're a made man already through Jesus' eyes. Jesus already paid it. You're made because of the of what he did at Calvary. He already had nails put through him, through his feet because of you. He came because of you to give you testimonies and to walk with you. You know, you see me now. I have a beautiful family, beautiful kids. My business is doing well. And you think, wow, Nate, you're successful. But see, I never started off with Jesus to get where I'm at today. See, I started off here. See, success in the world looks different than success in Jesus' eyes. See, at the end of the day, there's only one thing I want the Lord to the only one thing I want the Lord to say is good and well done, my faithful servant. But years ago, when Jesus, when Jesus became Lord of my life, I put him Lord of my life. And I found success. Success is Jesus. It's not about how much money is in your bank. It's not about how good you look. It's not about what social class you're in. That's not success. That's actually far from success. But this is what success means. In Matthew 22, it says this, that he said to him, teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? And Jesus said to them, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and most important commandment. The second is love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and prophets depend on these two commandments. See, that's success. Is to love your God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and to love your neighbor. And stop comparing yourself. And today, I hope that you heard Jesus' testimonies. And be encouraged that God wants to speak and communicate to you today, tomorrow, and forever. Just like the verse says, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. Amen.